Welcome to Time After Time, a non-sponsored, highly judgmental podcast about time travel and love and friendship and the movies that bring them together into our living rooms. I'm Helena and I'm Paige. And maybe in an alternate timeline, you've already listened to this podcast and you loved it. Let's go. And we're off. Yeah, I was just trying to remember what the name of the movie is. <laughs> oh. Um, and trying to think of any song that is an actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> you were just singing that. Before you say I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Nice. That, uh, why is before not in a lot of songs? A dog might ring into his pocket. And then, no, wait, <laughs> but okay, the word before is there. We're going to oh, do before it. before he cheats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dug my ring, or I stuck my ring into the pocket of a suit jacket before he drove away. Something, something. Maybe next time he'll, he'll think, think before I say I do. <laughs> so stupid. Maybe next time. Wow, that's horrible. All right, I think we should just move on. Yeah, that move, was very right stupid. Along. We were doing, we were going for a before he cheats. You guys do it yourself. Send it in. DIY. We never we never get any DIY submissions. Yeah, send really it in. Like it. Before he cheats, before you say I do. Or another song if you if you can think of one. <laughs> you alright? <clears throat> the ghost of Carrie Underwood was just like, no! <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> she's um, still she's still alive. It's just like it's like a just like heaven situation. She's just like her asleep. spirit. She's her asleep spirit. right now and her spirit came. Yeah, okay. I don't know if she had that ability. Good for her. <laughs> How do you think she won American Idol? You're right, you're right. All right, should we uh, summarize this? Yeah, so if you didn't get it from that beautiful song, we're doing... Before you say I do. Which I will just say we are not doing a Blast from the Past section because this is a Hallmark movie from 2009 and there's not much. There's like one fun fact about one of the cast members that I'm going to bring up later, but... Okay, great. But it was it was a Hallmark movie. It premiered in 2009. That's all you need. <laughs> great, yeah. And uh, the guy from Gilmore Girls is in it. Yes. That's that's fun. There wasn't anything interesting about him? Um, I, didn't really look, I didn't really look into it, him that much. But I also put in the summary, when I said George Murray, that he is played by David Sutcliffe, a.k.a. Christopher from Gilmore Girls. All right, so well, there you go. we were going to get there. Sorry. <laughs> Let's summarize this then. <laughs> We opened in 2009 on an intimate evening between George Murray, played by David Sutcliffe, a.k.a. Christopher from Gilmore Girls, and Jane Gardner, played by Jennifer Westfeld. They're being cute with each other and some fondue, and then George goes and ruins it by proposing. Ugh. Just like a man. (laughs) Jane freaks out, dropping a lot of exposition about her terrible first marriage, where her husband cheated on her a lot. George talks her into marrying him anyway and says it will be different this time. And she eventually acquiesces and they get engaged, which is how you want it to happen. Yeah, obviously. of course. That's my dream proposal. <laughs> she outwardly seems happy, but her best friend and coworker Mary notices that she seems to have some doubts, as revealed by her pessimistic writing in their newspaper, The Don't Throw Away, which I think is not a great name for a I, newspaper. Honestly, I love it. Okay. I was confused, but I thought it was when she first walked into a place called Don't Throw Away, I was like, oh, she works for like 
a recycling company or like a secondhand <laughs> clothing store. Yeah, that would be cool. Those would be good uh, rom-com girl uh, professions. Well, it would fall better, I believe, under a sto- under something called Don't Throw Away. Well, I mean, what I appreciate about Don't Throw Away is that uh, it's acknowledging that the newspaper industry is dying and they're not they're not gonna sugarcoat it they're like don't throw this away but so what are you supposed to do keep them stacked up in your apartment forever forever? Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay great yep a few weeks later jane's parents throw her and george a lovely engagement party afterwards george drops jane off at home and goes back to his office to work on a pitch at his advertising company with his work partner harvey while they are hugging goodbye jane discreetly slips the engagement ring back into his suit pocket While at work, George gets a message from Jane saying that she loves him, but she can't marry him and she's leaving town. George rushes off to stop her. While driving, he makes a wish on a yellow light, as if that's a thing that people do. And he wishes that he had met Jane before she got married for the first time. He makes the light, so allegedly his wish will come true. But also, he ran a yellow light, which is dangerous, so he immediately gets into a car accident. When he wakes up after the crash, he is confused, but seemingly unharmed. He still knows he needs to go find Jane, so he goes to her apartment but finds another person living there. He tries to go back to work, but his key doesn't work to let himself into the ad agency. I think we know what's happening here. Hmm, What could it be? He falls asleep on a bench next to the agency, and when he wakes up and goes inside, everything in the ad agency looks different, and no one knows who he is. His work buddy Harvey and his work nemesis Johnson still both work in the mailroom. He's about to be thrown out by the guy who runs the company, his boss, when he all of a sudden starts spouting out successful ad campaigns, such as, Can you hear me now? Yo quiero Taco Bell? And, What's up? <laughs> His boss declares he is an advertising savant and sends him to HR to fill out hiring paperwork. It is down in HR when someone finally tells him that it is 1999. He realizes his wish came true and it is three days before Jane's first wedding. Who could have predicted? George rushes off to find Jane and ends up taking a newspaper delivery boy slash office assistant job at her paper. They start hanging out and she lets him stay in her apartment, as one does. He goes shopping with her to find bridesmaids slash usher gifts, and while there, Harvey shows up and says he needs to bring George back to the advertising company for a pitch meeting or their boss will fire him. George realizes that this is the pitch meeting that future Harvey told him about, where Johnson stole all his ideas and got promoted. He goes back with Harvey, dragging Jane along. They do some Mission Impossible shiz to make it so that Harvey looks really good in the presentation and Johnson looks bad. Jane seems to have fun. Then George and Jane get dinner and keep having fun. And they meet the world's greatest diner waitress. (laughs) Yes, yes. When George and Jane get back to Jane's apartment, her fiancé Doug is there, and he is not happy. Jane and Doug go off together uh, to Doug's apartment, I guess, because no one lives together before the exact wedding day. Couldn't (laughs) possibly. So Jane and Doug go off together to Doug's apartment, but Jane then shows up again a little while later back in her apartment where George still is. Um, And she's very upset because she and Doug got in a fight. George and Jane have a heart-to-heart and end up falling asleep in the same bed. Ooh. They wake up cuddling. Ooh. Thank you. (laughs) Jane obviously freaks out. Also, Doug calls and apologizes for the fight. Jane leaves for a wedding dress fitting. George goes to work and ends up spilling everything to Mary, who considers herself a little bit psychic and believes him when he says that he is from the future, that Doug is constantly cheating on Jane, and that George has to stop sweating so that he and Jane can be together and get married in the future. Mary sends George to talk to Jane at her wedding dress fitting. They dance together, and he tells her that he loves her. 
she is understandably like, this is nuts. We've known each other for two days and I'm about to get married. Get out of here, weirdo. George then shows up as Mary's date to the rehearsal that night and tries to help her catch Doug cheating on her. Unfortunately, Doug overheard George and Mary plotting this, so he avoids being caught. Doug then asks George to go get the gifts for the wedding party from Jane's apartment. Then he secretly calls the police and tells them that his girlfriend's keys were stolen and that someone is breaking into her apartment, leading to George's arrest. It is now the wedding day and George finally gets his allotted phone call from jail. He calls Jane and he says that he thinks that Doug had him arrested and also he tells her that he is from the future and in the future they are in love and that she shouldn't marry Doug. George tells her to watch out for a wink between Doug and their wedding coordinator during the ceremony. Jane is like, okay, sure, sure. That's nice, weirdo. I'll send someone to bail you out after the ceremony. George then miraculously gets a second phone call and calls Harvey to bail him out. He races off to the wedding venue. At the wedding ceremony, Jane does catch a wink between Doug and the wedding coordinator and is like, wow, you suck. I'm leaving you. Luckily, George has just shown up and they ride off in the car together. They predictably run a yellow light and get into an accident, knocking George unconscious again. When he wakes up, he has fainted in the middle of what seems like a wedding ceremony. It turns out it's 2009 again, and he and Jane are celebrating their 10-year wedding anniversary by renewing their vows. Also, he and Harvey run their own advertising company, and Harvey and Mary are also married. The end. This brings us to... Magic, science, just a dream. All right, so this is magic. It's car crash magic. It's car crash magic. I would say yellow light magic. Oh, maybe it's yellow light magic, but also car crash magic. Mm, I would say they both have around happened? yellow lights, and he doesn't wake up in a car crash at the end. So I would say it's yellow light magic. Also, the whole thing is he's like, yellow light, make a wish. No, I know, but like the the car crash, would, would he would it have happened had he not gotten in the car crash? Is my question. I think the car crash was how they were granting his wish. Like I think the car crash was sent by the yellow light magic fairies. Okay, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it seems like so he travels. It seems like between the same two, like. It's like a it's like a door mm-hmm. in terms of time travel. Right. It's early November in both it's whatever it is. I think it's like November third in both yeah. two thousand nine and nineteen ninety nine. So the yellow just, light fairies opened up the door. Between a decade. The first scene in the movie we see him say this thing as if it's just a thing that people say when they're going through red light, when he says, yellow light, make a wish, make it through, a wish comes true. Make it through, a wish comes true. <laughs> and you maybe get in a car crash. This movie, it seems like the the, the thesis is both, you should try to make it through the yellow light. You should try to make it through the yellow light. And also, don't because you'll get in a car crash. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, very confusing. It seems to be pro-bad driving regardless. Dangerous driving. Dangerous Reckless driving. driving. Yeah, Hallmark coming out of strongly pro-reckless driving. I also wanted to know, so the first time they're, they're in the car together and she makes a wish. We don't see what it is because her, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's in her head. As right. Wishes go. Right. The second time he, like, ye- when when we see him make the wish, he, like, yells it out and we're like, that's not how wishes work. I mean, he's alone in the car, though, yeah. and he's kind of having a breakdown because his fiance is leaving him, so okay, I'll, fair, I'll fair. give him credit for that. It's fine. Also, but I do want to know what her wish was because I was like, oh, it's her wish that they met before she they got married? Ooh, that maybe is it's, interesting. Maybe it's, like, double wish. Maybe. Or maybe she was like, I wish I didn't have to get married. Yeah. To validate this man's feelings. Yeah. 
I, I have seen people do the thing where you go through a yellow light and you tap the yes. roof, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I never had a wish associated with it. No. And definitely not that little rhyme. Because all the people who would like, I don't know if this was your experience, but all the people who'd be like, tap the roof when you're going yeah. through a yellow light, it was always when I was like a teenager in a car with someone whose driving I did not trust. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so that is what I would think of, but I guess my wish was always like, I hope we don't die. Yeah. I don't hope I don't become a teen driving statistic. <laughs> well, they didn't tell you to make a wish anyway. But yes. But I was wishing not yes. to pass away. And that all came true. So it you know what? It came true. The yellow light. light. What? Magic works. Wow. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, though, make it through the wish comes true. He doesn't really make it through is the thing because he gets like T-boned. <laughs> so like, the, I would you consider that making it through the yellow light? Yeah, I kind mean, of no. Kind of no. I do think it was probably since the light was we see the light being still yellow as he's going through. Uh-huh. I do think it was the person who hit him's fault. Um okay. because there's no way the light was green on the other end at that Both point. Both times you think it was you think it was the other person's fault. Well, the second time he makes it through the yellow light and then immediately swerves to avoid a pedestrian. Oh, right. That's So true. that That's one was true. his fault. But okay. the first one I would say it was probably the other person's fault. But would also not have happened if he slowed down at a yellow light, like the law tells us we're supposed to do. Right, right. And I'm not, like, really pro-laws, but, like, driving laws mainly I are mean, there for a reason. Yeah, it's mostly, mostly keeps people safe. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of it. We, I, we can talk about a, the why a little bit here and then, like, more in the romance section. Because his why is, like, I want, I hope, I wish I met Jane before the first time she got married because now she has this really bad association with marriage. Right. Which, fair, but I'm like, the wish, you should have been more specific. You should have been like, I wish I met Jane before she even got engaged. Because at this point, even though she calls off the wedding, all the bad associations, in my mind, all the bad associations with the marriage would, like, still be there. She right. still had to go through all the, the all the hoopla that she doesn't want to go through this time. Like, the engagement party, and planning the wedding, and, like, telling everybody that she's, that calling, she's it off. calling it off because her husband, fiance, whatever, is cheating on her. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, in Hallmark world, like, nothing is really real until you are actually wed is yes. the thing. Right. At Hallmark world, but also, like, rom-com world in general. Yes. Well, like, except for him cheating on her. They're like, that's still not cool. You still can't cheat, but... Especially with your wedding coordinator. I mean, that's fucked up. We can, we can talk about that yeah. a little later. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think his wish could have been more specific. Or it could have just been, like... I, I wish Jane didn't get married the first time. Like, every, yeah. and we met and... And everything was fine. I wish Jane had never been married before. Yeah. Because now she's damaged goods. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, we can talk more about yeah. in the feminism section. But, yeah, I don't really have anything else for the... No. It's pretty... It was pretty straightforward. I appreciate how straightforward and clean it was. Yes. I would say it took him a long time to figure out what was happening and then it figured out very quickly. Yeah. Well, the thing is, between 2009 and 1999, I don't know, there wasn't, it seems like there wasn't, like, that much change. Okay, here's Which we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, I think there should have been. Uh, yeah, there could have been more change, especially the way people were dressing, I was like. Yes. That's but, right. you know what, okay, let's move on. Let's move on to, what, what have you done? done? So here's where you talk about the consistency, any sort of time travel errors or general consistency or other time travel stuff. I don't know. Whatever we want. So... As Helena was just saying, everyone dresses the same, apparently, in 1999 and in 2009. There's really I no don't, change. I have pictures from my childhood that prove otherwise, but... 
Yeah, and I mean, when we, like, I was thinking about, like, what it would look like if we went back to, like, 2012 from now, Mm -hmm. or if we were making a movie where you Mm -hmm. had to do that, and uh, all I could think about was that movie from, from, like, 2012-ish... My Future Boyfriend. My Future Boyfriend, where her style is, like, so aggressively 2012. Yeah. Even though, like, even though there's, like, not that, you you don't think of, like, ooh, the 2012, the 2010s, like, the style was this, like... Yeah. It once you see it, you see it. And they gave us nothing. And well and also like we see that even when we watch old seasons of like The Bachelor, or, like when sure, I watched yeah. old seasons of Survivor mm-hmm. that started in like two thousand. And yeah, I mean just the eyebrow styles are yeah, different. Change the eyebrows. Just do it. Change them. Yeah, so there there could have been some fashion change. And like the person who does costumes for a movie would know that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and could have had some fun with that. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have the budget. Also, cell phones. Okay, let's let's discuss the cell phone thing. So in 2009, she breaks up with him by leaving a message... On his home answering machine. On his machine. home answering machine while he is at work. Yes. Why doesn't he have a cell phone? It's 2009. And, and he's like a young professional in like a, a you know, kind of glitzy um, industry. The advertising industry. Sure. He would have a cell phone. Yeah. Like, he would. He just would. Well, anyone would. In 2009? Yeah. No, like, I had a... I, was I had a, a cell phone. I was a child and had a cell phone. Yeah, we were in high school. Yeah. So Everyone I, had a cell phone when we were in high school. Everyone had a cell phone. I don't know. I, it was very strange that she yeah. broke up with him that way. We were... Maybe she At that point, like, we were in, like, the razors and, like, the... Um, chocolate? Yeah. And, like, what was the one where you, like, could flip it open and there was Ooh, a full sidekick? Yes. And then that there was, was the like, Paris Hilton one, right? Yes, but then there was also, like, all the... There was, like, the fake version. Oh, and, yeah, like, the I have the fake version. Yeah. Which Rory Gilmore on Gilmore Girls gets from her father, Christopher. Ah. He gives her a sidekick. <laughs> she gets rich. Oh, my God. That... There you go. Evidence. Yeah. I don't know what year that was exactly. I yeah, know. but it's around then, for sure. It's around then. And the thing is, is, it's not even like, oh, he has a cell phone, but she wanted to leave it on his home machine so he didn't get it or whatever. We never see him pull out a cell phone. No. When it, he is like, it's weird that Jane didn't call me. He doesn't look at a cell phone. He picks up his work uh, desktop phone and calls into his home answering machine. Right. Which, like, also a weird thing. Like, I feel like even then, calling into your home answering machine yeah. from another location Feels yeah. weirdly retro. Feels like calling an answering service or something. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange vibe. Yeah, they could Also, like, the computers would have looked different in the ad agency in 1999. They... Well, no, they had... That was one change that they actually did make. I don't remember that. Because they had, like, flat Apple computers. Um, mm. And then when they go back to 1999, they had the um, iMac okay. with the... With well, the, he didn't notice. With the colored plastic. The iconic yeah. colored plastic. Okay. Well, I wanted him to notice that. The only the only differences we get when he wakes up with the EMT after he gets into the car crash, he says like like I guess because the car that hit him made a heavy impact. He says, I guess it wasn't a smart car, and the EMT looks confused and says, Yeah, if it was smart, then it probably wouldn't have hit you. And then he says, Yeah, it might have been a Hummer. And the EMT says, Hummer, you having flashbacks? Were you a veteran? So yeah. I guess the car. I mean, smart cars obviously hadn't been invented yet. And also, I guess Hummers hadn't been invented yet Well, as maybe they just, like, weren't ubiquitous. I do feel like Hummers and smart cars were, like, kind of a 2009 reference. Like, yeah. it felt very, like, 
a reference that would be made in a Hallmark movie in 2009. Yeah. It felt sort of on the nose for me, which I, I kind of liked that. Um, but my issue with that, my other issue was, like, he was literally T-boned. Yeah. And he is completely fine. Like, he does not have a single scratch Well, he looks 10 years older. <laughs> there is that. Oh, okay, well, here's the, here was a big question for me. Is he in his 1999 body? Where is, where was he in his own history in that right. time? I had a lot of questions about that. A, because he looks exactly the same. Right, he's even, like, wearing the same clothes. Yes, he's wearing the same clothes, but also it doesn't look like he's aged. It also doesn't look like Jennifer Westfeld is aged, and no. she's definitely supposed to be 10 years younger. Yes. Which was, like, they didn't even try. No, they didn't. They didn't even give her a different haircut, which they usually do. Right. Or, like, dye it. Yeah. And also, at one point, he says, I don't know where I'm going home to. And I'm like, well, where did you live 10 years ago? So he must have lived in a different city or That was what I was assuming, too. But, like, he doesn't seem to care that there might be, like, another him running around. He has one focus. And he, he has also a goal. does not seem to care that, like, he might be chained. Like, he might be, like, fucking with the time-space continuum. He has no... He has no, no worries. He just is, is in love. All right. Yeah, so I guess we could forgive the fact that he looks the same age by saying maybe this is the 2009 him that just went back and there's another 1999 him running around. But, like, why? Yeah, she doesn't look any different. And I was trying to figure out how old they were supposed to be. I'm like, they're probably what? It's supposed to be, like, in their early 30s. So she got married the first time really young. She's already running her own newspaper. When she's really young. When she's supposed to be, I would say, probably in her early 20s. That newspaper was, like, kind of janky, though. But she still had to rent a full office space and be, like, like, distributing a newspaper. Here's the thing. I feel like that newspaper is, like, the newspaper equivalent of the theater downtown that I ran when I was in my early 20s. I didn't, like, run it completely myself, but, like, I had a lot of power. Sure, but you didn't like rent the space and name it and be like, this is my theater. Wait, I don't know. We don't know that she did that. We don't know that they were she, the only two employees. Just because, right, but and I, she but seemed to I'm have say, creative control. But what I'm saying is that was my situation when I was in my early 20s at a place where like I didn't rent it or own it, but I did like run the whole thing <laughs> with my one friend, basically. Okay. <laughs> and another and another person who was like above us. But uh, you know, I, I could see it. I, okay. I'm fine with it. It's like a, it's an indie paper. It's just a thing that they're doing. All right. Well, she still looks like she's in her early to mid thirties. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay. I had a big issue with, so he goes to this newspaper and is like, I just came to town. I desperately want to be in the newspaper biz. Right. I'm fine being your like paper delivery boy. Yes. Um, so she's not confused by the fact that the next day when they're out, a guy who clearly knows him runs up and is like, hey, your other job needs you. <laughs> and she's just like, well, this is weird. She seems confused by a lot of things about him, but also just accepts it. Yeah. She has a lot of accepting. I guess because she's like very attracted to him for some reason. Well, I mean, because it's cute. a love at first sight thing. But I don't think she, she's also like not in the state for love at first sight when they sure. meet this time. And it clearly isn't love at first sight. It isn't. But I guess she's just charmed by him. She's somehow very charmed by him, which I don't really understand because he's acting kind of foolish and right. crossing a lot of boundaries, frankly. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not for me. No. Also, so I'm confused. So in the beginning of the movie, which I, I don't know where else we could talk about this, the first scene we see in the advertising company, they're in this like weird underground... A uh, futuristic-looking office with no windows. Yeah, <laughs> very strange. 
they couldn't afford like outside lighting, so they were like, no windows. No windows for you. It seems like in, in the 90s, there was a lot of sketching happening in advertising agencies. In this one and yeah. in that other TV movie we watched where he With was an Mark ad Harmon. guy. Yeah. yeah. They're just doing so much sketching. Hallmark movies love an ad guy. Do you have to? But like, I guess it wasn't a Hallmark movie. The Mark Harmon one was a CBS original. Okay, but. well, whatever. Same vibe. But like, I did not know the amount of like, uh, fine art skills, fine you, art skills you actually needed to be an ad guy. Uh, well, that's why you're you not did. an ad guy. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. And I guess things have changed, but I don't know. But okay, so my question is, so the... In that first scene in 2009, this guy Johnson is just like makes partner or something. And Harvey is like, oh, Johnson, he's only out of the mailroom because of me. And um, in some great helpful exposition, <laughs> Christopher from Gilmore Girls is like, yeah, yeah, I know. He stole your sketchbook 10 years ago and uh, presented to Mitsubishi without you. And and now that's why he got promoted. So in in the movie, the reason that he's able to steal a sketchbook is because their boss sends Harvey out to go find George. Right. Um, so he has to, like, abandon his mail car, and Johnson is delivering his mail for him. So I'm like, in the original version, how did Johnson get his sketchbook and also make him leave? That is a really good question. I guess Johnson's going to do what Johnson's going to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he is going to make it happen no matter what. Also, and that's why he gets promoted. He doesn't, uh, not, not, not in this new reality. But that's why he usually gets promoted. Right. <laughs> that's why he used to get promoted. Yeah. Because this is clearly a reality where you can change the future. Yes, yes. And um, he has just permanently changed a lot of people's lives. Yes, he has. Yeah, he really went in there and just like messed around. Because at the end we find out that Johnson is now uh, Harvey's assistant. Um, yes. But also, why does Johnson, so clearly they, I don't think these are like company sketchbooks. Because they're just like mailroom guys. Why did Johnson and Harvey have the same blue Maybe sketchbook? It might be a company sketchbook. That they give to the mailroom guys? They want ideas from everyone, okay? They want to make sure that everyone is constantly sketching. <laughs> Everyone's got a sketch. Uh, okay, so a bigger issue, a more general issue is they're in, I would say, maybe a small city. It looks more like a town with a main street. My vibe was like, maybe like a, a Midwestern city. Like a, but not like a big one. Like Spokane. Like Spokane, exactly. That's, that's not Midwest, I guess, but. I think it is. Oh no, that's Washington. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or I like think Des Moines. Of, yeah, there you go. That's what I was, I was imagining Des Moines. Okay. Why is this company, this, this advertising company in Des Moines, why do they have, why are they running the national Verizon campaigns, national Taco <laughs> Bell campaigns, and national uh, Budweiser campaign? I don't know. It was a very confusing aspect <laughs> of, like, why this, this company is so, the stakes are really high, I guess, in yeah. this company. The, oh, like. and Mitsubishi. And Mitsubishi. The, the Japanese businessmen are, like, coming in from... Yeah. Well, and like Des Moines, Iowa. What the first scene he sees, you know, they're like boards for the Verizon campaign, and the guy is saying something that's not "Can you hear me now?" It's like "I can't hear you" or something. Well, and he's okay, like, "No, this should be Can you hear me now?'" And so I'm like, "You got the national." I also like without any context, him just saying "Can you hear me now?" and then Yokiara Taco Bell and then WhatsApp without context. 
just saying those things, no one there would be like, genius. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Sorry. Also, uh, I just want to point out that the Verizon commercial, Can You Hear Me Now, is about cell phones. (laughs) That's true. Well, and also her fiance, Doug, in 1999, has a cell phone. phone. I'm sorry. I hate to harp on this one point, but it really bothered me the whole time. She doesn't have a cell phone at any point, I don't think, either. No. He has to, like, go down to her dress fitting to... Yeah, and she... And, and then he later calls... he calls the hotel that, or the, the wedding venue. Yeah, and Doug calls her at work. Yeah. So, yeah, she doesn't have a cell phone. Doug is the only person in Des Moines, Iowa with a cell phone. <laughs> it's very strange. Look, I don't know how the ad industry works. Maybe the biggest agencies are actually in Des Moines. We don't... And there's a lot of sketching. I don't know. It's not it's not what I've seen in my And they don't let any of their employees have cell phones. And they don't let their employees any of their employees have cell phones. And they let their mailroom guys pitch to Mitsubishi. They, they, yes. <laughs> the structure of this ad agency is crazy. And they have all their group meetings underground in their bomb shelter. <laughs> in a bunker just in case. You know, so no one could steal their Yokiro Taco Bell ideas. Yeah, I also, um, I did, I did like how the movie, so he, he, he gets arrested and he's like, I, I need my, my phone call. And they're like, ha ha ha. And then the guy in the cell with him is like, I've been in here two weeks and I haven't gotten a phone call. And I was, I was like, like, oh, accurate. A cab. We love. Yeah. But also usually they, they do the bare minimum of giving you your phone call. <laughs> right. But. Cause especially cause they don't want you in their like holding cell for two weeks. They need that for. For new people. Okay. They would send you to a jail. But. Well, realistically bad cops. Yes. But I also was like, if he says that she gave him the key, they would need a complaining witness then, right? If he's saying, if he's giving the, saying like, you gave me the key, they would need to talk to the complaining witness. Who is like the person. Whose key was stolen. Right. Mm. Like they wouldn't just straight up arrest him. I mean, they arrest people all the time. They might arrest him, I guess, but it would never hold up in court. If he got to court, it would never hold up. There'd be reasonable doubt. Okay, fair enough. Also, they be- they think that this guy broke into an apartment, left all the, like, TVs, valuables, most of the jewelry, and just took, like, a couple necklaces and some switchblades. The other problem I had with that scene is that uh, it all happened, like, extremely quickly. So I was mm-hmm. like, how close is uh, her apartment to the wedding venue? Because it appears that he, like, leaves the he leaves the wedding venue. Mm-hmm. Doug immediately calls. Like, the second he closes the door, he's like, hello, 911? Someone's breaking in right now. Yeah. I would imagine the cops would beat him there because he probably has to drive at a normal speed. I mean running through as many yellow lights as possible, obviously, but at a fairly normal <laughs> speed. And the cops have their, like, uh, yeah. woo-woos on. So, like, I, I feel like the cops... That's true. The cops like, would beat him there, and then there'd be no one breaking in. Right. It'd be like a... What's that movie with the, the precogs? That Tom Cruise movie? Minority Report. Do you ever see that one? No. Mm. I thought you were talking about the Tom Cruise movie we watched, Edge of Tomorrow. No. Okay. Um... There's this movie where... That's the only Tom Cruise movie I've ever seen. The only one. I'm pretty sure. Seriously? Name other popular Tom Cruise movies. Uh, all the Mission Impossible ones? Nope. Not a single one? Nope. Uh, I don't know. He Top Gun? Nope. Uh, I don't know. He's been in a lot of movies. <laughs> anyway, in, okay. in Minority Report, 
there are these people who like have psychic powers and they like see people who are about to commit crimes and the like, cops go and they arrest people before oh, the crime is committed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was very that vibe. Yes. I think we have gotten that movie suggested and I've like looked into it to be like it's not no, time travel. It's not time travel. Yeah. It's a uh, psychic ability. It's not the same. Yeah. There's a similar movie with Matt Damon that is also not time travel that people have been like, is this time travel? Where it's similar, I think the Adjustment Bureau is what it's called. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I also want to know, how did she originally find out that he cheated on her with their wedding coordinator the night of their dress rehearsal? Like, maybe the, he is admitted to it. But why would he do that? I don't know. He seemed like kind of an asshole. So <laughs> Even if she was... caught him cheating, why would he be like, and guess what else? I cheated. Maybe he was just, maybe it was the kind of thing where he was like a huge dick and wanted to hurt her as much as possible. I guess. Maybe. I mean, he does suck. He, he seems sucks, like a bad guy. He sucks up. Uh, a non-human amount. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He has no other qualities than being a person who sucks. And cheats and like likes to have sex with their wedding coordinator. Right, right. Who is the only person in this movie doing an accent. <sighs> Can we talk about the wedding coordinator? Sure, why not? I that just, more feminism, I, I, Yeah, I was planning on talking about her then, but now that she's brought okay, up, I just... I'm obsessed with the fact that she has a southern accent. <laughs> it was such a strong choice, and it does not seem like a believable southern accent either. It seems like this actress was like, here's my big choice. I'm going to be the wedding coordinator, coordinator, and I'm going to have a southern accent. And they were like, maybe... I have two lines. They were like, maybe don't. And she was like, no, I'm doing it. And they were like, okay. They were like, we don't really need you to talk at all. Yeah, we could literally just like say, hey, there's the wedding coordinator over there. And like, you could make out with this with Doug right yeah no but she's like oh I'm the wedding coordinator <laughs> everybody get ready to get married it's fucking wild I, I, I was obsessed with it she had an accent and then I did uh, the diner wench have an accent or was she just like the the greatest because I in my in my brain the lady who was working behind the counter at the diner was like hey tuts you hold on to this one. Yeah, like, it was sort of like New that. York accent. It was like, sort of that. Everyone who works at a diner has a New York accent. No that is what, true. No <laughs> the diners. Uh, I loved it. Honestly, I loved both of them. They both booked. Like, mm, I hope they ended up together. Oh, wow. Yes. In my fantasy. Yeah. I also love, uh, I had the thought while I was watching this that like Doug is in the movie The Wedding Planner while Jane is in this like other romantic comedy. Oh, yes. He's not actually in the movie The Wedding Planner. No, but You're like, saying, yes. he's like separately, like, we could have a separate movie about Doug where he's the hero and he is in I The Wedding Planner. I don't think so because I think he sleeps with literally everyone. I know. The only reason that The Wedding Planner works, and it's sort of, I would be interested in watching it now if it does work. The only reason it sort of works is because he is very much in love with Jennifer Lopez and right. doesn't want to sleep with anyone else. I know. I just, it probably he doesn't probably hold thinks up, he's, Yeah. Doug, Doug is probably justifying his actions in some way. He, we don't, we never find out. But I'm sure he's doing it for himself. I guess, yeah, it was just, it was a very, it was just like a not human character. I was like, even people who cheat or bad people, like, do find some ways to, like, justify to themselves. They're not just, like, evil. In- indiscriminately evil. And, like, if they are indiscriminately evil, she would pick up on that within five years of dating him. Yeah, for sure. Because she doesn't seem like a bad judge of character generally. Yeah, she, well, she does let well, a random man yeah, Maybe she's apartment. just an idiot. Maybe that's that's <laughs> the secret of this movie, is that she's just kind of dumb. She'll just kind of let anyone in. <laughs> okay, so similarly, 
when they're on the phone and George tells her, like, look out for the wink between the wedding coordinator and Doug, and or D- Doug and the wedding coordinator, I'm like, well, okay, she told you in the future. We see her tell him about the wink. And she says, I think I even caught him winking at the wedding coordinator when we were getting married. Mm-hmm. She says, I think. And this is 10 years in the future. He's betting a lot on an I think wink. And also, he's now changed. Like, he, Doug he's has overheard him yeah. talking about this. What, like, he might think, oh, Jane might already be suspicious of me. In the he might not do the wink now. But he does. But he does, which is and crazy. Yet, and yet. I wrote in all capital letters, I can't believe he winked at her. This is wild. Also, Not a human thing to do. I loved that he, like, he winked. It wasn't like a, an, oh, I think he winked. It was like, he winked, like, mouth open. He didn't wait for her to look away. No, nothing. He was like, I do wink. <laughs> It was I do wild. Turn my head to another woman, <laughs> wink at her, turn my head back to you. It was fucking insane. Yeah, it's a hundred percent not the way a human would behave. <laughs> uh, I loved it. Also, I have a question. So Mary the whole time is like, Doug sucks. You should leave him and go be with George. <laughs> would you would you let someone who openly disparages your fiance be your maid of honor? Probably not, but I also noticed at the engagement party in 2009, literally everyone is just shitting on Jane the entire party, like, openly. Oh, I thought some of that was in her head. Oh, was it? Like, during the toast? I thought she was imagining that. Oh, I didn't... I don't know, I didn't read it that way. Okay. But... In general, it just seems like nobody likes, nobody thinks Jane makes good decisions. Yeah. This might just be, like, the kind of people that she tends to surround herself with, or people who, like, thinks she, thinks she makes bad decisions. So she's just like, yeah, my, my maid of honor hates my fiance, and that's just, like, the way it is in my life. I guess. I take no input. Also, would you be the maid of honor for somebody who you think that their fiance is a terrible person and they're making a huge mistake? Ooh, that would be tough. Yeah. That would be really hard. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah, but... I'd probably be like, I can't be a part of this. Well, it's the you're the worst uh, uh, thing. Uh, We we can't talk about that. Uh, A whole nother show on this. Yes. Helena just finished You're the Worst, an FX show. You can watch it on Hulu. (laughs) 2019. Yeah, it ended a few years ago. Yeah. It's fun. You should watch it. You could watch it. But we can't talk about the characters in it. No, it's too it's too far afield. Anyway, the point is, it, it's, it's only the kind of thing that happens in rom-coms. Yeah, because I wouldn't... Because that, that would, would drive a wedge between their friendship so deeply... For sure. ...that it just simply wouldn't work. They would no longer have a friendship. For 100%. If, okay, so if you started dating somebody that I thought was a terrible person... Five years down the road, I don't think we're still friends. Probably not. Not as close. Definitely. definitely not, because it would just drive the drive you further and further apart to the point where you're not friends right. anymore. Yeah, and because we're not talking about just like I don't super get along with your partner, or like I think you could do better, or I think you're settling. It's like I think he is a bad dude, and, and I don't told want him you in my many life. Times that this is a bad person. Yeah. Right. And then on the other side, yeah, you're just getting told over and over and over again that you're the person you're in love with is a bad person. Like, there's no way that friendship is. That's just how lasting. Jane thinks everyone should treat her. Like, that's that's just how Jane gets treated. I guess I'm glad she found George because George. I mean, he has his issues, but he seems to treat her better than everyone else in her life. <laughs> and yeah, and then my last thing is just like the ending. So he wakes up and it's now 
it's 2009 again, but they've been married for 10 years. And it's a similar thing, a similar issue that I had when we watched Hot Tub Time Machine, Mm -hmm. where they get back and their life is completely different, but they've missed that whole life. Like, here too, he's missed the first 10 years of their marriage. Yeah. Do they have children? That was my big question, was do they have children? Um, And I think... In this situation, I am just crossing my fingers that it's the kind of thing where he gets his memory back after a little while. Right. Like, a little bit of temporary amnesia, and then he's like, oh, yeah, this, these are all the things that happened. That was great. Yeah. Um, but like, if, if not, it's really sad. If not, it's a, it's a full click situation. Yeah. Which is very upsetting. It's very upsetting, and also, like, I'm like... The way they fell in love is very different now. Like, is she, yes. is their relationship the same? Again, the thing happened where, like, he had a lot more knowledge going into the relationship than she did. Right. And he would have missed, he would have missed other stuff in his life. Like, him and Harvey uh, starting their own whole ad agency. Yeah, I'm glad you caught that. Because I didn't realize that he and Harvey had started an ad agency. I thought he was just a partner now in their old ad agency. No, no, they and started their own. I was very confused because I was like, I thought it was Harvey's good idea. <laughs> yeah, no, Harvey gets his, which is nice. Uh, yeah. I don't really see him and Mary together, like that whole plot line that popped out of nowhere. Yeah, they were just both there. They, we're both here, so Maybe they, I guess we're in love now. Yeah, I can imagine they would have some like freaky sex Love. A, I mean, look, I love a quirky best friend couple. Yeah. I will always pull for that, but... I was like, I would have, I, I wish they had dropped a few more. Mm-hmm. I like it when they're like, the quirky best friends like flirt across the room. Mm-hmm. You get like a couple moments of that. Or I also like, or if they dropped like where Mary had been like, oh yeah, I love, I don't know. I love going to the opera. And then Harvey had separately been like, oh yeah, you know how much I love going to the opera. Yeah. Yeah. Just give us like one little thing where we're like, oh, they did meet, they were meant to be together. How nice. Also in the future in 2009, wouldn't. They, Harvey and Mary know each other? In the future, in 2009. Oh, in the original future. Like, wouldn't, yes, if they would, you would, I I don't know, I can't tell how close, it seems like he and Harvey are close, but Harvey doesn't seem like he was at the engagement party. Oh, that's true. That's weird. That is weird. Why wouldn't he invite his best work friend to the engagement party? I don't know, especially now, because it seems like Harvey's, like, his best man in 10 years in the future. I guess they got really close now. But they seemed close when they were at the ad agency. Yeah. They did that little dance, which was very charming. Yes. They had a little, like, like, celebration dance. dance when they figured out an ad thing. I don't know. Technically, the dance was pre the celebration, but... Oh, you're right. The, it, it was, was a very, thinking it dance. It was a thinking dance. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> it was very cute. Yes, it's... It is weird. Maybe he was at the engagement party and we just didn't see it. Or, like, maybe he couldn't go because he had to work on this campaign that George then met him to work on. But, yes, if they were close, you would think that her best friend and his close friend would have met at some point in the years they were together. Right. And it doesn't seem like either of them had anyone, so it's not, like, a timing thing, necessarily. I don't know. Inconsistent. Inconsistent. Which segues us into... Does their love stand the test of time? So we should talk about the romance. And here's where I'm going to throw in the only fun fact about the actors. And I already knew this. I didn't look this up. I was like, we're not doing Blast from the Past. This movie does not have any trivia on IMDb. So I'm not doing it. But Jennifer Westfeld is an actress, a writer. She wrote and starred in, um, most notably for me, Friends with Kids with Adam Scott, which is a fun movie. But she also was... 
very notably uh, in a long-term partnership with John Hamm from 1997 to 2015. Mm -hmm. This is notable to me for this movie because in 2009, they had been in a partnership for 12 years and were not (laughs) married. They never got married. They never got engaged. She was... That is interesting. Do you think this, like, this movie brought up some things for her and she, like... It le- was, like, leading to the end of their relationship? I don't... They were together another six years. <laughs> I don't think so. And I'm sure... How would this bring up things for her? I'm sure everybody from, like, the first year... After the first year they were together for their entire relationship was like, are you guys gonna get married? When are you gonna get married? Yeah. Extremely notable that the woman who played Jane in this movie had been in a long-term partnership <laughs> and not gotten married for 12 years. Yeah, so clearly she... Uh, was, you know, she was really coming from a place of truth when she had all those lines about, like, you don't need to be married, uh, I don't I don't need to get married kind of thing. The living proof that you don't need to get married to, like, live happily ever after with your partner was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. But because it's Hallmark, they were like, no, this relationship is doesn't matter unless you get married. Right, of course. Um, they were ex- explicitly like, you can't, you cannot live together, even in 2009. 1999, I could see it maybe being a little taboo. 2009, come on, people. Yeah. Get it together. Also, she says, like, when they're having this conversation where, again, you love to see it, you want to have to talk your fiancé into marrying you after you propose. Ugh. She says, I want us just where we are. We have everything already. And he says, I don't have a wife. You don't have a husband. We don't have married in forever. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what are you just saying? Relax, dude. My thing is, like, she clearly has some pretty strongly held opinions about marriage at this point. Right. Because she responds to that and says, did you know forever lasts no longer than a year and usually ends in divorce? Yeah, that's fine. And, like... My thing is, like, how have they not talked about this? I don't understand why anybody proposes to anybody if they do not clearly know the yeah. answer already before they ask the question. They've been together for years. Years! And, and he, he doesn't must, know that he she... He must know. He has she, to know. He does not seem surprised about anything that she is saying. It's like, people... It's like it's like you're not allowed to talk about marriage unless you are actually saying, "Do you, will you marry me right this moment? Like, that's how people act in these movies. But just in these movies. I have not met anyone in real life who is married or engaged or even in a, in a long-term partnership that is not like, yeah, we've talked about it. And like, this is where we are. Right. I, I don't think I have either. Yeah. Why, why is this what the culture is telling us? I, I don't know. Even it's very in, weird. And it, it's not how people are. Like, why do we, no. why do we keep seeing these, these even stories? People, like the generation older than me, like my parents, my aunt, my uncle, like every story I hear is like, there was a lot of discussion before. Like, even in the 80s, 90s, like, we're... Yeah. No, that's true. I feel like it, proposals were, like, even less common in our parents' generation. Yeah. Like proposal proposals. My mom says, I, I when I asked my mom for her proposal story with my dad, she was like, I don't know, we just, like, talked about if, and then we were talking about when, and then we were looking at rings together. That's exactly what my parents, the same thing. My parents talked about it over eggs and onions at a diner. Like, that is literally their story. Was that waitress there from the this The waitress movie? was there. Mary Ann was there. She's like, hey, toots. <laughs> this one's a keeper. You two should get married. And they're like, all right. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. 
And the thing is, is in that first scene, I was I was rooting for them. Like I thought they seemed like a great couple. They had banter. I was like, the acting is better than I was expecting. The banter is yeah, better absolutely. than I was expecting. Yeah, I agree. They're having fun. They're attractive. I want them to kiss each other more. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and then he had to get weird. He had to make it weird by being like, I need the, I need to own you. And yeah, and it's sort of like, all right. I mean. If that's actually how you feel, like, you knew earlier than this, then this is not the person yeah. for you. Yeah, and also, like... And if this is if the person you, for you, then you don't need this. Right. Well, also, like, you can break up. Like, I don't know. All these movies, it's just never an option. If you have different things that you want in life, yeah, you have to go back and change the other person. Go back in time and change the other person and their experience in life. Right. Their experiences that formed them and made them the person you love. You must yeah, go back and true. change them. That's in order true. to get what you want out Ugh, of them. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but when he met her, she'd already gone through all these traumas. And again, like, we don't really, like, trauma makes you who you are, blah, blah, blah. But she'd already gone, he fell in love with the person that had gone through all of these things and come back out the other end. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all, we all would love to shield people we love from things that are bad that happen to them. But also, like, we can't go back and erase those things because we, it makes it, our lives easier or we get something we want out of it. Like, that is right. it's also, so yucky our, to me. Yeah, it's manipulative. <laughs> right, right. It's not our decision. She doesn't get a say. Yeah. And, I mean, she does say, like, at various points, like, wow, I wish I'd met you. I wish I'd never married Doug. Like, blah, blah, blah. But those are just, like, things people say. Right. We don't actually know if that's whatever. I, I like them. I like them as a couple in 2009 before he s- decides to go back and change what her right. life was. Yeah, I will say, I like them as a couple. They... At various points in the movie, both get to say the things they like about each other, which I always love. Mm-hmm. In tw- 1989, he asks, she asks him to describe the woman that broke his heart, which obviously he's talking about her, and he says that she's beautiful, smart, funny, a little nutty. No one ever made me feel the way she did. Later, when Jane is talking to Mary, she's describing George, and she says that he's great to his friends and loyal and kind and attentive. Um, Which I'm also a little bit like, okay, you've known him for like two days and he's very attentive to you because he's literally stalking you into the past. But like, Also, he's great to his friends? You mean that guy he met and like for an hour? (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes, that is who she means. I did appreciate, she's like, why are you here? And he ends up saying like, well, I, woman I love broke my heart. And she asks him about that and he says... He talks about how he proposed, and then he said, well, I was off celebrating our engagement. She was sinking into a hole I didn't know existed, and one day she was gone. And so what I did appreciate was, like, he doesn't put it on her. He 100% is like, I didn't I was, listen to her. I didn't listen to her. I, I was off celebrating her. our engagement. Yeah. I didn't see what was happening to her. So I like that he ge- he de- genuinely was taking responsibility for this. Yeah, I agree. And I, I would have liked it. I was... I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen because of a Hallmark movie. But my ideal ending would have been, like, he ends up going back to 2009. Like, it was maybe, like, just a dream type thing. Like, nothing's Mm -hmm. changed. But he now can be, like, you're more important to me than marriage. I see that now. Oh, my God. How great would that be? It would never happen in a Hallmark movie, but it would be so great. No. To that end, uh, speaking of things that... Hallmark is pushing on us. I was just really surprised that 10 years into the future they didn't have any kids. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was very anti-Hallmark yeah. of them. I don't know. Yeah. I was surprised. I expected a little a little, little tot to come tot running up. Tot to come running up. Daddy! Daddy. 
They just didn't want to pay a kid. They were like, we can't. They didn't want to have a kid on set. Yeah. Maybe it was in uh, Christopher from Gilmore Girls' uh, rider not to have any kids on set. <laughs> so like, work, with, work with kids and dogs. That's what they say. Yeah. I don't think there are any dogs in this movie either. No. That's his rider. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, there's notably a child on Gilmore Girls. Actually, I think I think she was 18 in real life, so. Rory? Yeah. 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 She's not a child. She's not like a little tot. That's not what they mean. They don't mean Rory. Well then, okay, but then Christopher later, did you finish Gilmore Girls? I haven't he, seen every single episode. He later has a, a, a daughter. Oh, right. Sherry. I forgot. Yeah. So, that's not his writer. <laughs> okay, well, maybe it's in Jennifer Westfeld's. We don't know. Well, Jennifer Westfeld then created and started a movie called Friends with Kids, where she <sighs> had a child. All right, fine. Then I take it back. None of this is true. <laughs> Could be the director's writer. <laughs> Someone was anti-child. That's the only way I can, can square that circle. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. I don't know. The problem was, I liked them as a couple in 2009, but, like, I didn't buy that she would fall for this man who was such a creep in 1999. Yeah, he was doing way too much. I was staring so, at her. I was so off put by him. He also, I never, even my current husband, I would end our relationship immediately if uh, they started creepily singing in my ear <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, that was gross. I was like, I, I was like, good thing she's into him because otherwise this is awful. This is the worst. I don't think there's a man that I would be into enough that that would not, like, be a turnoff. Yeah, that's really, that's a high, high bar to clear. <laughs> Dancing without music, which happens a lot in these movies, is, like, so cringy and yeah. weird to me. He's a 10, but every time you dance together, he insists on singing creepily in your Ew, ear. Oh no. <laughs> Mostly, yeah, he was just, like, bad with boundaries. She told him to, like... After the whole dancing scene, she was like, please go away. And then he immediately shows up at her rehearsal dinner. Like, it was, the whole thing was so weird. Um, But I have to say, on her end, why was she letting this strange man sleep in her apartment? I don't know. That was a weird choice. That was a bad, weird choice. I I wrote, don't invite the strange man who just wandered in weirdly into your house. Yeah. Definitely don't give him a key to your house. Don't give him a key to your house. Also, then she and then she gave him a pocket knife. <laughs> She's like arming and then, fell and then fell asleep. This woman has no self-preservation. Like she was trying to die. Like she knew she was so upset with her relationship. She was like death wish. <laughs> yeah, she's like either this man is great and will save me from my marriage or he'll kill me. Either way, you know what? win-win. <laughs> Oof, that's dark. <laughs> Any other romance stuff? No. Like I said, I liked them as a couple generally, but I just didn't know how she fell for the weirdo that showed up in 1999. Yeah, same. And I feel sad that he missed their first 10 years of marriage. And also sad for her that she got, like, weirdly time travel manipulated. Yeah. I mean, as time travel manipulation goes, this wasn't the most egregious example. No, like, he, he didn't did use... think it was for her own benefit, but it's just... Well, it's... He, and he didn't, like, use a ton of... Like, he knew that her favorite flowers were calla lilies, but, like, yeah. other than that, he just sort of used his own charm to make her fall in love with him mm-hmm. earlier, but I don't know. I think he didn't manipulate her that badly. He was just, like, weird. I think who they are as people, their love will stand the test of time. They seem fine. They seem fine. But 
Although, if you trust the, the 30 Rock uh, theory that any time you get a vow renewal, it means that your marriage is going to end very soon. Oh, I didn't know that was the yeah. 30 Rock theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have to re- I, I mean, I watched it a long time ago now. Um, it doesn't really hold up, to It doesn't honest, really hold up, I know. There's a lot of... I only know... Ooh. I know a couple people where I got about who got a vow renewal. Oh, oh, you're saying the show generally doesn't hold up. I thought you meant that oh. rule doesn't hold up. <laughs> yeah, no, the rule doesn't hold up because it's a joke. But like, right. the, also like, I the only people I know in my life who have gotten vow renewals are still together many years later. Well, so great. Uh, regardless, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like generally the people who get vow renewals are people who like didn't have an elaborate wedding the first time. Yeah, that makes it sense was, like, to me. Rushed or they didn't have money or whatever. And now I think we're just, gonna like, see a lot of vow renewals in our generation because, because of, of COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Which what a I don't hate, honestly. I love a wedding. I know. I Anyone mean, who I wants want to more throw parties. weddings, let's do it. Tech. I mean, I, I guess we didn't end up doing our vows, but like technically, everyone who got married and then got like had a wedding later because of COVID did a vow renewal just very Some quickly. Did. Yeah. Although you did not renew your, we vows. did not renew you our just vows. We just partied, partied, but and it was great, and everyone loved it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're rooting for those two. Yeah. Ladies, did we just time travel back to the 1950s? So here's where we talk about all of our feminism, our intersectional feminism, our our issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked a little bit about the the manipulation and the fact that oh, some of her agency is sort of taken away from her. Is there anything else you want to say about that? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Like, she's a pretty cool character in general. Like, she yeah. has a personality. She's pretty well acted. I, yeah, I was going to say. It's not I feminism, think, but like I no. I liked her more for that reason. Yeah, I thought she did a really good job. Yeah. She's she yeah, she has she has a personality and a job that she actually like seems to care about. It's not just like a fake uh yeah. rom-com job. Yeah. Um and I thought her friend Mary was a cool character. I didn't think she necessarily needed to end up with a guy at the end, but she didn't seem like she would end up with a guy at the end, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and there was another gay character in this movie. There so. was, which was a very, like, that whole character was a very strange choice. They really didn't do much. No, th- there was a guy who worked with them at Don't Throw Away Paper in 2009 who was just sort of like their friend, and he was at the engagement party. He was very overtly gay he was a bad actor yeah no he was not good and it was just a a strange choice because they were like here's this character and then they like did not pick him up again well it was 2009 hallmark was still like testing if they could put a gay character in there he's gay yeah 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 just whispering Uh, just a whisper just a whisper and not in any movie with candace cameron burr certainly not (laughs) Mm -mm. i will say there was a couple iffy moments for me for me all the iffy moments were in the same scene oh yeah in the ad agency in the ad agency i know exactly what scene you're talking about yes there were the in the ad agency when um george first shows up and harvey is working in the mailroom and he's like harvey what are you talking about we're partners and somebody in the ad agency goes i didn't even know he was gay and harvey immediately is like whoa 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 i've never seen this man in my life i don't like penises don't you even insinuate that i've looked at a penis i never would Mm -mm. yeah no i i thought that joke was like great up to the point that harvey was like freaking out about it honestly 
a hilarious joke. Yeah. In general. Uh, but no. Uh, once once Harvey really freaked out, I was like, oh, man. So close. Yeah. And then uh, a few minutes later, when the boss realizes he's an advertising savant, he takes him over uh, to panels and is like, can you look at this ad? We're trying to, we're doing a Budweiser campaign or I think he said beer campaign. Yeah. Maybe they weren't. They I looked it up what the WhatsApp was yeah. from. It was Budweiser. Yes. Because I've heard people going WhatsApp my whole life, but I was too I was too young to remember what that I was actually. I didn't know from. exactly what I once I watched the commercial again mm-hmm. uh, from because of the movie and honestly delightful commercial. Have you watched it? I did not. I just looked up oh, what the company was. You should watch it. It's delightful. Okay. It's like it. Yeah, so it is four black men uh, on the phone, like, talking to each other. Oh. And basically, they're just a bunch of friends who are just like, what the? Yeah. And that's, like, their thing as friends is that they say that to each other in a silly voice. But and in it, this scene, oh, this God. white man walks this other white man over to the oh, panel. Man. It was, was like, what do you think we should do for this beer commercial? We're gearing it towards the African-American demographic. <laughs> And then yeah. George goes, what's up? With no context. No context whatsoever. And the white advertising man is like, brilliant. It's so smart. I love it. That is what black we people say. We don't need to ask a single black person. Yeah. Um, so I did a little bit of, I got like a little fascinated by this what's up commercial. Okay, and did like a little bit of research about it. And apparently the commercial was based on a short film written by uh, Charles Stone III, um, who's a filmmaker. It was featuring him and several of his childhood friends, several Aww. of whom were actually in the commercial itself. So it's like kind of a great like the ad campaign is just like basically featuring like a really cool artist and like his friends and it blew up to this huge thing probably because it was like so fun and if you watch it I recommend everybody go watch it again because it's a great commercial um but what's interesting about it is that like this movie as well as like I'm sure everyone at the time were like okay we need to gear a beer commercial to the African-American community and it's like it's just showing this like group of people who are really good friends. Like that's right. the that's the whole thing. There's this assumption that like uh, it can only be geared that that's the only thing that can be geared towards the African American community rather than it just being like a delightful thing that like just inclusion means that everybody is like in the conversation. Right. You, they, everyone probably just assumed that it was a bunch of white men in a boardroom who were like, how do we appeal to the African-American demographic? Right, right. And so it's just like, it's upsetting to see like in this movie, I, I know that they were like joking that everyone knows that that's, it's not a guy who time traveled back in time <laughs> and gave them the idea, but it's like, there's actually a really cool history behind the commercial and like a really cool group of filmmakers and it's upset, it's doubly upsetting because, like, in our culture, we're just like, what's up? And we have no idea what it is. Right. Well, and also, presumably, that happened in the original timeline. And then now George is going back and, like... Stealing that guy's idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then he can't even make his short film. Yeah. Very upsetting. Yeah. And, you know, on that note... Uh, Cannot think of a single black person I saw in this film. Oh, the cop. There was a cop, of course. Of course. Of course. There was a black cop. Mm-hmm. But yes, a very white movie. Per use. Per use. I don't really have anything else in feminism. It was just very, very white. Yeah. All right. And I think Mary should have been gay. Yeah. Those are good critiques. <laughs> Is it the best of times or the worst of times? 
here's what we talk about if you should watch it in what in what context we rate it on our doomsday clock on scale from noon to midnight noon being notoriously gouge your own eyes out before you watch this film because it's so bad and midnight being notoriously it's a party in your eyeballs it's so good noon bad midnight good yes let's go helena um i guess like a five i don't know you don't need to watch it yeah but it wasn't like terrible i would say it's like one of the best hallmark movies we've seen yeah but it doesn't have the delightful whimsy of a christmas movie Mm. so like the christmas movies some some of them i like actually recommend because Mm. like it's so like a hallmark christmas movie has its own is like its own cultural right they don't talk like humans but they do talk like, people in a Hallmark Christmas movie. (laughs) There's something satisfying and comforting about it. This is just, like, kind of a middling rom-com. Yeah, there are better rom-coms. There are better rom-coms out there, but it's not the worst one we've seen, so that's why, I guess, five. Also, the acting was pretty good. Yeah, the acting was good. Um, Some of the jokes were good. Yeah, I'll also say five. Also, all the apartments we saw were beautiful. Loved that. And decorated with lots of books, and huge, and... Well, that's what you get when you, uh, the property when values in to Des, Moines. Des Moines. Yeah. <laughs> Even though your advertising company is acting like it's in New York. Yeah, of course. I, I don't know what's confusing about this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll go five as well. I'll piggyback on that. Also, I liked the weird little dance that the men did. That was great. Delightful. And that's all we have to say about that. Okay. With that, we'll, we'll be, be back, back in no time at all. all.